There is a reason the heart is the organ given to love. If it stops to rest, we die. And I won't die alone. You can be sure of that. Mm-hmm. And as Kari would say, let's get moving. I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> You can live by that, but I'm only copying what you said. Anyway, hello, this is Alexis. And this is Kari. And you're listening to Lit Society, a show about books and drama. (laughs) Welcome back to another wild card episode. (laughs) This episode, we'll be covering a movie based on a book. The movie... Death, Death on, on the, the Nile. Nile. You know, when we covered the book, we said that we would talk about the movie. But guess what? We never did. <laughs> Let's talk about it today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the newlyweds, Mr. and Mrs. Simon Doyle. You must meet Hercule Poirot. My congratulations, madame. Merci. He's only the greatest detective alive. I suspect you invited me for reasons other than the fun. You had something to hide. We have the Karnak all to ourselves, a chef and enough champagne to fill the Nile. When you have money, no one is ever really your friend. Someone is dead. The crime is murder. The murderer is one of you. The murderer is here and will stay here. This is an exciting episode for a number of reasons. Okay. Can I just say a few? Please. Uh, It has been millions of years since we have recorded in person in the same room. Oh, that's true. (laughs) That's true. And as a fickle person, the audio quality is excellent. Listeners, let let us know what you think about this audio quality. But I got to say, I am impressed. (laughs) Second of all. This is going to be a live episode because that's right. I don't have time to edit it. <laughs> so it's going to be very exciting. Whatever mistakes we make, we'll leave them in because y'all family now and you'll forgive us. OK, go ahead. Oh, I'm very excited to talk about this movie. OK, great. <laughs> then let us start with kind of some highlights and talk about characters in the movie. OK. First thing that I want to discuss is the origin story for Hercule Poirot. Uh, Poirot. OK. <laughs> the background noise. I can hear it already. It's coming. I'm going to be eaten alive. Parole. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's not it. That's not it. Parole's mustache. Okay. What are your thoughts? But what you did you think? you mispronounced mustache. I oh. thought... <laughs> That's so, evil and low down for you to say that. So we're not going to do a synopsis because I have notes, but I'll just add them in as we discuss the movie. Well, sure. Okay. If you want an overview of... What the yeah, mo- yeah. the movie? You can give it. I appreciate that. No, no, I don't. Oh. So, <laughs> so starting with the mustache. So part one, we'll say is war. I felt like the mustache's origination story. Did we need this? What do you think? I, I go ahead. I appreciated the origin story of the mustache. <laughs> I think it was great to know why it's so big, and especially because one of the things. When they first made a live 
show about one of her books, like the play on. Yeah, she was upset because the mustache, uh, Agatha Christie, a problematic queen, was very upset because the mustache was not large enough. Exactly. So this uh, Kenneth's mustache would definitely do her proud. I thought a friendship origination story featuring Lynette and Jacqueline would have been better served in this, would serve us better in this movie. Um, You don't feel like you got the gist of their, the length and the... I mean, we can talk about this more later, but you meet you meet Lynette as you're meeting Jacqueline True. as the man is already there, you know, and you should really see their connection before the man even enters the room to impress to me, to impress on the, the viewer how important their friendship breaking up was for them. You know what I mean? Well, I could see maybe including a a flashback yeah to their childhood to their childhood when they met um during that uh cleopatra and anthony play which i'll talk about later but yeah so that was that was my um issue with the opening i didn't think it served the overall story and versus the book i miss joanna's um tacky comedy (laughs) in the book (laughs) joanna is like rolling herself in lynette's luxuries and she's like oh you like this Cause yeah. this look good on me. You want it, and that's funny. <laughs> but I think that would have been too much for the um the movie itself. It's so, already a million characters, uh, so. and then so to have Pearl's origin story, his mustache origin story, mustache. It was <laughs> so cute. Would have been. It's great. I think because it was so important to Agatha herself. So I think it was great to see where he came from in okay. large part. Okay. Okay. So what about the softer side of Perot? Mm-hmm. We got to see him attracted to somebody, fumble words mm-hmm. as he's attracted to this woman and then shed a tear at the loss of a friend, be impassioned at the deception of his friend. How do you feel about that versus his straight solve the mystery, break down the details and share it? What do you think? I think that um, a Perot mystery can should not be too much about Perot. He, to me, is the quirky caricature of a person that enters in to put together the pieces that the audience should be picking up. So uh, I really don't need to get too much into his story and him as a character. I want to be more concerned with the people that are part of this mystery. What did you think? I agree. I agree. I felt like that was too much to include. I it, I didn't need it. Um, and I'll probably, I'll talk a little bit about this and um, scenes that we liked or didn't like, but the scene where there's um, a discussion about who he is and his character, like the, the tell off. Yeah. Piece. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I didn't need that. I didn't need it either. <laughs> That's just like, I just don't need that. Can we just talk more about the case and not who he is or his softness? I don't need the rom- romance, his love life. I just I just don't need it. OK, right. that's not what I'm interested in. And so. I know for the director um, who plays Perot, Kenneth, uh, what is his name? Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Sorry, you guys. Um, the Perot character is very close to his heart. So I'm sure he is very interested in what motivates this man. And he's getting lost in that. And I don't think as a viewer, it's very helpful for Agatha's story. That's why she didn't add too much of it. What is 
nice is that when certain quirks of Perot pop up throughout the series, it's just like giving you a little more tivet on who he is. That's all right, I, I agree. needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. OK, well, you know, Agatha has so many characters in her book. You know, there's usually like 12 of them, maybe right. 15 to 20 of them. And some of them become unneeded, mm-hmm. useless. <laughs> you, for real. Yeah. So in the movie, they combine some characters. What do you think about the combinations? Um, let's see. There were the Otterborns. I think they're the Otterborns in the movie. but. In the book, I'm trying to think of their names so, in the book. So in the movie, they bring back a character named Bonk. And we met Bonk in, um, what was the first one Kenneth did? Um, Murder on the Orient Express. So Bonk is in that because he works on the train. Um, he's on the train. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so in I'm the movies, they brought from. back that character, which is Perot's true real life friend. And so they thought it would be cute to have him as another sentimental pull for Perot as a character. Um, but Bonk and his mother are poor replacements for Mrs. Allerton and Tim Allerton, who in the book are two messy queens who live for drama. The mother you is said a- they're Poor replacements. Poor replacements. Because um, Bonk and his mom are like weird. The mom is overbearing in the movie. She doesn't want him to have a life. But in the book, the mother is not overbearing. Her and her son are just genuinely good friends who love to gossip about other people. And she even says in one part, oh, I want you to find some friends your own age. You know, she wants him to be happy. And and in the book, you want to spend an afternoon with the Allertons you know, drinking cocktails and talking about people. You do not want to spend even a moment with Bonk and his terrible mother who has made like a lover out of her son. You, you That's how I read it. Oh, wow. Like an overbearing mother who her son is everything to him. She can't even yeah, see his yeah. life past her death. Like what's supposed to happen to him when she died? And then he can't have anyone. Right. <laughs> he can't be happy without her. Yeah. So I prefer the books, Mrs. Allerton and Tim Allerton to Bonk and his mother, uh, which the movie uses as um, a kind of machine or um, cliche to like, because because really that's how we get um, Perot in this story. And I'm looking at it on TV. It's it's very distracting. Um, That's how we get Perot in the story is because Bonk's mom has um, negotiated some way for Perot to be in this in this situation and that's it's just it didn't fly for me what did you think did you miss Tim and his mom or did you think Bonk and his mother uh, were a great economical way to reduce the character size yeah yeah no I can agree with you on that the Allertons were definitely more um fun whereas in the movie Bonk what book himself was the fun person but the mom wasn't the the match yeah that, it just they really weren't wasn't a team of fun gossip fun right, trash right um and and bunk isn't that fun to me oh yeah because he's are. so mm, he's his he's so emasculated by his mother that he he's just sad to me as a character Ooh. Mm. Mm. okay cool great so then what about um the introduction of the otterborns how did they fit in for you who are the otterborns that's the musician team 
the Uh-oh. black family, oh, the aunt so and the niece. Enter the Brits playing American blacks and they talk like this through the whole movie. <laughs> Like they're singing a song. So Letitia Wright is the manager of her aunt, played by the beautiful British actress Sophie Akinado. And I know Sophie from Hotel Rwanda. That That's what sticks out more in my head. But I think she's a stage actress in London. I think she's like really famous. Her, I went on her IMDb. It was like a million credits. So she's a great working actress. So the Ashanti to her J-Lo or the voice coming out of her mouth is that of real life singer, um, Sister Rosetta. Had had you looked this up? No. So when the movie starts, we're introduced. I was wondering if she was singing that. Right. It? No, no. So th- those are real songs. Um, and it really is like she's lip singing in the movie. She does um, a great job of right. that. Right. Yeah. Sister Rosetta was... Um, Born in 1915 in Cotton Plant, Arkansas, um, she was an American singer and guitarist who became known as the godmother of rock and roll, a black musician. What did you say her name was, sister? Sister Rosetta. Okay, yeah, I think I just read about her. Okay, so she used an electric guitar. You have this black woman who was singing gospel, picked up electric guitar. um, And she also, of course, sung pop hits. She was a pioneer in her um, guitar technique using heavy distortion and influenced Chuck Berry, Elvis Presley. Um, Who did that cover of Hurt? (laughs) Sorry, y'all, Johnny Cash. So Johnny Cash, according to his daughter, even said that Sister Rosetta was like, his favorite musician of all time. So wow, okay. um, she is an icon. So they used her songs a few times in this movie because Sophie is lip singing her songs. Um, so I think they were um, a way to add some diversity to the movie sure. to add some black characters. But again, they are Brits playing black Americans, which can be controversial if people wanted to. And that it's a little bit of a caricature because it's like, I don't know if they have any context to inform these characters, um, but, but they're a little angry and they are a little, you know, you're a little sassy, you know. <laughs> well, so, she's a jazz musician, okay. right? Yeah. So it's some sass in that. It's OK, right? Yeah. I mean, I appreciated the effort. I felt like they were uh, really um, baked into the story and they weren't just ornamental um, for mm-hmm. what that's worth. What about you? Did you did you find that some of even as they kind of cut down on the number of characters and their combination, did you find that they um, maybe still left in one too many? Yeah. Russell Brand's character wasn't necessary to me. However, wait, who was Russell Brand's character? Oh, he's the doctor. <laughs> oh, that's the, that's right. That's the doctor. Dr. Yeah. Windowsham. So he's not in the movie, right? I mean, in the book, there is a. That there is a person in the movie that was she that proposed to her and she declined. That person does exist. I don't remember if he was a doctor or not. Right, but she he's only given the first a few scenes in the beginning of the book. Right, where they put him throughout the movie. Um, that didn't seem necessary to me. Uh, however. I understand you want to make the doctor an intricate part of this overall plot, maybe. And that's why they did it, because in the movie, um, listeners, if you haven't seen it, the doctor was once engaged or, yeah, once engaged to uh, Lynette, who's this wealthy heiress. Or he proposed and she just. And she was like, what am I supposed to do? Spend my honeymoon in a dirt hut? Because he was like doctors without borders, basically. Um, But she still invited him to her honeymoon. Because they were friends. Because they were friends. And you know, sometimes 
friends proposed. So Yeah, but he was still madly in love with her. And this is a painful experience for him in the movie. So that character to me was a little bit odd. However, it was fine because I really enjoyed seeing Russell Brand play a straight guy. Um, not this over the top. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. He he was just very handsome, um, very like shy. It was a very good look for him. So I want to see him do more characters like that. What about you? Did you think there was one character too many? And who would you take out? I would have taken Dr. Wendelsham out. Okay. For sure. Um, have a doctor on the boat, you know, yeah, like yeah. the love boat. Have Girl, a doctor. the boat's got a doctor. <laughs> you don't <laughs> need to bring your own. You don't. It was not necessary. Even the fight scene that was created. I thought that was a bit too yeah, much. Yeah, contrived, for I'm sure. I told her your firm was bilking her for millions. You murder! Ah! I will kill you! That's the respect! Ah! <laughs> exactly. Like, what movie is this? What's happening here? And we know Brits don't fight. <laughs> <laughs> Merely a slap on the cheek, right? right? <laughs> slap each other to sleep. <laughs> Y'all ain't throwing blows. Stop it. They was choking each other. Get out of here. And rolling around on the floor. So, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. Cousin Andrew, I guess he had to be there so you could talk about somebody um, somebody, but he's in the book, and that plays well to do the finance to kind of manipulate her financials. Another person to suspect when someone goes dead or winds up dead, or, or yeah, just a reason. I don't know. That, it's such a little part, <laughs> just such a little part. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. it's true. He's not, um, he's not really intertwined throughout the plot very well in the movie. I don't think so, but not in the book either. You pick him up in the beginning, a little in the middle, and then close to the end i well i guess they they kept that same pattern though yeah yeah the middle beginning end um so them and then uh, i don't think let's see was it the um the women i can't think of their name there was the godmother and oh they're her, a comedy duo our friend just told me that today so that's annette benning yeah and um no, Annette Benning is the, oh, the mom. mom. <laughs> Sorry. Do, 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 this is live. <laughs> uh, Don French mm-hmm. and uh, Jennifer Saunders. So they're like oh. a famous uh, comedy duo in okay. England time. Oh, that's very interesting. I don't, I, I mean, they had the little quips throughout, but were both of them necessary? I don't know. I don't know somebody just to say that she another person added to suspect Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't think they were needed i don't think both of them were needed at all french and saunders is their duo name okay yeah i don't think so so i'm sure for english people watching this it was great it's mostly english actors aside from the um cannibal and then also the (laughs) the cannibal but yes (laughs) also also the wonder woman okay yep Mm -hmm. yeah Okay, well, then let's talk about some visuals. What did you think? I mean, okay, do you know that the movie wasn't filmed in Egypt? 100% in England. Really well done. Someone commented how beautiful the cinematography was, and I was like, that's a cartoon. It was (laughs) filmed in studio. It was filmed in studio, but they did get images that they included sure so that counts but i mean it's seamless look at looking at it now they're on the nile um we have the movie playing in the background and to me it looks 
really real. Yeah. So the visuals, um, particularly the view from the boat, excuse me, the view of the boat from the hotel, mm. um, any of the scenes, I guess the initial scene when they first flipped to six months later, beautiful. When they just arrived, um, the view of Abu Simbel. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, that was epic. Any views of the Niles, distant view, um, na- um, Nile views at a distance. Those are, I just loved it. Mm-hmm. The visuals were wonderful. And I, I guess originally them. they were never shooting on the Nile, but they did want to shoot in Morocco, um, but COVID. So um, they had to stick to the studio and they did a great job. Someone did their research to get the scaling right. Um, I even feel like the sun is a, it's yeah. something about it is like just the right brightness. It looks really good. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Any scene that stands out to you? Yeah, the most tired, dry, and uncomfortable juke dancing I have ever oh, seen oh, in my oh, life that no, the world visuals, has ever known. That was visual. a visual I will never forget. Now, if you want me to hold off on talking oh, wait, about it. No, no, okay, fine. no, wait, I had to back up. Yes, I know what scene you're talking about. Please continue. Okay, so the movie opens right with the mustache uh, origination and then we're fast forward into the present and it is just uncomfortable. It's hard to watch and everyone looks to be in pain. Um, We're at a juke joint that serves pedophores. (laughs) Didn't know that existed. Yeah, yeah. So um, we have Sister Rosetta playing in the background, lip, being lip sung by uh, Sophia uh, Okanedo. And we got um, Jacqueline and her love. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the, can- the cannibal. The cannibal. <laughs> we got Jacqueline and the cannibal, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> what's his name in the I book don't now? Know. This is a show. Oh, in the book, I can tell you that. Simon Doyle. Yeah. So we got Jacqueline and Simon Doyle just being, I guess it's nasty, but they look in pain to me. The dancing. Oh, they again. look in pain. Oh, everybody looked in pain. I'm going to have to watch that again. You, no, don't do it to yourself. <laughs> don't do it. So then Arnie is introduced to Lynette. So we're meeting all the main characters at once. That to me is a flaw. As I said, I won't dwell on it. And um, he immediately responds by taking a bite out of Jacqueline's neck. Did you notice that? A bite out of her neck. Improvised, maybe. (laughs) Jacqueline is like, here, this is my friend Lynette. And then he he, allegedly took a bite out of her neck. Watch that scene. scene. Jacqueline goes, this is my friend Lynette. And then Arnie Hammer like takes a bite out of Jacqueline's neck. He improvised that. And it's clearly lust at first sight for Lynette um, and Simon. And then uh, Jacqueline appears to cry a little because of the obvious connection between her friend and lover. So that scene to me, foolishness. <laughs> I felt very uncomfortable. Uh, I, the dancing was hard to get out of my brain. I felt so um, discombobulated by it. <laughs> I felt like, what's up? What's down? What's going on? Hey, everybody, <laughs> let's find the beat first. <laughs> And so I uh, and there were dancers in the back that obviously had to be of different multicultural backgrounds. OK, yeah, there were. Yeah. But these two actors don't let them ever see a dance floor ever again unless it's a murder mystery. <laughs> so it's specifically them, not yeah, in this them scene, in that scene. Oh, it was so was... bad. So anyway, that's the most that's the biggest visual. I never forgot it through the whole movie. <laughs> and I knew they were bad people because of the way they danced. <laughs> I always suspected them. Also, because I read the book. (laughs) What about you? And then that temple. 
uh, what's it called? With the oh, uh, Abu symbol. Yes. Coming up on that temple, which when we went to, so we went to see this movie in theaters. Yeah. Um, when we were seeing it in theaters, I thought it was real. <laughs> yeah. It looks so pristine and so beautiful. I didn't know how they managed to clear it out for the shooting of this film. But I was like, hats off to them. But anyway, we know now that it was CGI. But that that was a beautifully, epically beautiful uh, shot. What, what visual stuck in your mind from this that movie? That one. That one. And again, any scenes in Egypt, any of the scenes, just landscape scenery, um, especially the view. Yeah, especially the view of the Nile. And yeah. you could see the people on the river. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just thought those were all all beautiful and Kenneth Branagh is doing a lot of um symmetrical shots not quite Wes Anderson-y they're not um as wide angled as that but closer more intimate shots that are very symmetrical there's a conversation between Perot and Bonk where um they have like those crown wicker chairs that all black people got from the front uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the background. Yeah, we used to have one. <laughs> of course you did. And so they're speaking intimately to each other with two chairs in the back. And then they sit down to um, share some secrets between each other. And they're like, it's shot through the chairs. Anyway, I thought it was really intentional and really well done. I really like the beauty of each shot. It was like a photo. Yeah, I, I really did. There is a, a scene and I think it's the scene of the shooting right before the shooting and um, the couple, the, let's see who's there. Let me think about who's there. Uh, Simon Doyle is and there Lynette. and not Lynette, but Jacqueline, Jacqueline uh-huh. Bell Four is there. I love her name. <laughs> um, she's there. And then, um, let me think of the other couple. Wait, where is this on the boat? This is on the boat. And then Rosalie and Bonk, 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 sorry, Bonk is there, are there. Mm-hmm. And in that scene, it's right before the shooting. And it reminded me of um, a stage piece because mm. the scene is then set for the shooting to take place because um, there's this the argument between them or, you know, this heated discussion and then they rise up from their seats and then move to separate sides of the room Mm -hmm. and I I really like that shot so the blocking throughout the movie instead of it being cut 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 it's really like a play where all the characters are brought into one set yeah that was very cool yeah I like that a lot it feels like a play Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually love plays so I like when (laughs) movies feel like a little bit so yeah that um Stands out to me. Anything else about visuals you want to mention? Mm, I cannot get over that opening dance. And why did the Jew joint serve pedophores? <laughs> what place is this? Do you want to go? No, oh, okay. I do not. Um, I mean, burn it down. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, well, let's talk about some foreshadowing. I know oh, you love that okay, kind of yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, you know what foreshadowing is, right? <laughs> I just learned about it two days ago. So, but anyway, it creates suspense, right? And yeah, it's intrigue. something you'll never get in a Tyler Perry movie. Some people <laughs> uh, need it. Others uh, roll their eyes at it. I love it when it happens and you don't catch it until, oh, oh. Yeah, and sometimes it, sometimes it stands out to me. It's glaring. And then other times somebody has to bring it to my attention. And a couple of shots in this movie are brought to my attention. Mm. So tell me about some foreshadowing that you saw. Hmm. 
you know, um, there's the heavy handed stuff that Perot says, like when he's looking at Jacqueline and um, Simon Dance at the juke joint that serves pedophores in the book. He's thinking mm, that woman loves that man way too much. It comes a little later in the movie. But that, of course, is foreshadowing that uh, her love is a little dangerous. Um, and we're to remember that. Um, other than that, I can't really think of anything. What what did what was brought to your attention? OK, so one that was brought to my attention is the part where the alligator jumps up and um, snaps at the birds. Yeah. So the way it was told to me is that um, the birds and the alligator are chilling together, essentially. And then all of a sudden. Oh, the and, alligator that, and that's snaps. the friendship between the women. Yeah. And it's right before um, the scene where they discuss people um, not trusted, not her not being able to trust people. Oh, before very or after, cool. not um, particularly mm. remember which site. Yeah. And then another piece is where the drop of the ball notes a change in tone. It's like the beginning of the, like the real story. The and then the alligator part. is down there again. Yeah. Right. Is it the alligator? There is something, Some a sea big creature. sea creature snapping something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's time for the dun dun dun, dun oh, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, The one that stands out to me that I caught was wives buried with husbands. Oh my goodness. Duh. Yeah. So that we're talking about uh, Abu Sembo and the wives there are buried. Is it Abu? Yeah, I think. Or was it the Valley of the Dead? Anyway, one of those is wives buried with their husbands. And that's essentially. mm -hmm. Jacqueline even has an aside to Perot where she says, you know, some wives were buried alive, but I'm sure some of them were happy to do it. It, You know, unable to be apart from their husbands. And she said, I won't die alone. Oh, yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. So those are just a few of them that. Okay. I. So let's talk about some of your favorite or not so favorite scenes. Man, that dancing scene was rough. (laughs) It was so long. And I I thought with the mustache scene, which I didn't think needed to be there. And then this dancing, all of that time could have spent um, introducing us to um, Jacqueline, having us like her. You know what I mean? Fall in love with her as a child. Um, Have her uh, put up for this role as Cleopatra and Anthony and Cleopatra. Cleopatra and Anthony. Anyway, and then having that role taken from her by Lynette. I would love to see that and to be thinking that this kind of uh, jealous jealousy was brewing in her since childhood, because that's the fact. Lynette um, always had some type of jealousy over. I mean, sorry, Jacqueline always was a little jealous of Lynette, right? I don't think so. I think so. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, not necessarily. Like Lynette thinks that Jacqueline never cared about the money. But of course, Jacqueline would like some money. <laughs> you know? Maybe that's why the origin story would have helped you. Because I just, I still didn't get that. The love of this man is what motivated yeah, you're, her. You're right. Because the man wanted the money. And so Jacqueline was like, you know who got money? Lynette. Let's kill her. <laughs> but for that, for her to even get there, there had to be some underlining issue. And I would like an origin story about their friendship. I want to meet this little girl, Jacqueline, and I want to fall in love with her as a character. And then I want her 
I want to feel like I'm I'm getting this big part with her. Like this is my big break as a kid. I'm going to be Cleopatra. Maybe I, I have a crush on Anthony and this is going to be just the highlight of my year. And I cannot wait. And then this beautiful Wonder Woman looking girl, Ooh, Lynette, Wonder Woman. comes into my school and takes my whole life. Well, let me just talk about the scene that I didn't care th- oh, much yeah, yeah, for. Please. And that is, again, the part where... Um, the niece goes off on Hercule Perot. I just think that was so dumb. I've had a chance to observe you. Want to know what I make of your character? He is obsessive. Is vain. Is smug. Is lonely for a reason. A detestable, tiresome, bombastic, egocentric little freak. I mean, you're a little man. Yeah. I don't like that because he's not. And Mm -hmm. so and he gets to be his character and his character does what he does. And so I don't need you um, beating down on my detective. I don't I don't like it. And it shouldn't have happened. It should be removed and ripped from the scene. And then also anybody else that's like, you should be solving crimes and instead you're accusing me. No, that's his job. (laughs) Remove that line from the scene because it doesn't (laughs) add value. Okay, And that's the problem with making us too familiar with Perot. He becomes too human and now characters are insulting him. I don't like that. I'm telling him, move out of my way. And really, he should just be something that's kind of there. (laughs) Not even that there. Not there too much. Just a little there. And don't be disrespecting him. I don't like it. I don't like the disrespect of the detective in this movie. Okay. I will say I didn't think it made the character, Letitia Wright's character, seem stronger. No, it didn't. Because that was dumb. Really, her um, going off was misdirected. Shouldn't you really be going off on the mama? Yeah, go off on the mama all day. Because she hired him. And he was just doing his job. So I ain't like that. And what did you want to talk about next? Some of your quotes? What? No, I don't have any quotes. No, I agree with you there. And I thought it played too much to the trope of uh, the angry black woman. Yes, who, definitely. So on. it was just unnecessary. Just full of attitude. And really, I don't think uh, that character would have cared so much about Hercule Perot because all she cared about was Bonk. Like if Bonk is in love with me, who care if I'm in love with him, too, and, you know, we respect each other, then what do I care with this? It's not necessary. It was a and waste. he's not singling me out. Now, if he's no. singling me out and he's everybody else is innocent, but he think I did it. Oh, yeah. We all gonna snap. However, he was like, of course, questioning everyone. Job. People was dead. One, he was hired <laughs> to do a job. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. He was hired to do a job. Your anger is misdirected. Keep that. Don't attack the detective. That's his job. And give Letitia Rice something else to do. Like <laughs> give give her and her aunt something else to do besides entertain the friends. And Ooh, OK, now I don't like that. Give them some layers. But but does everyone else have layers? I don't know. Everyone else is kind of one dimensional, too. So fine. Russell Brand's poor character. All we know is he <laughs> lo- he loved Lynette and, you know, he a doctor. So, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, cut them characters down and give them some depth. <laughs> You're right. Well, there you go. That That's what I wanted to talk about. What do you want to bring out about this movie? You said you, you just mentioned something. No, I think we hit my points. Um, oh, what do you think about Army's uh, character? <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I'll tell you just... Uh, 
When he was crying about her, I couldn't help but laugh. No, I thought it was good. I, I thought it was really it funny. It was like, sing. Oh, oh, oh. And it was like this um, <laughs> cathartic cry. I thought that was good. I didn't think it was good enough to get wrapped up in it. I did feel like I'm on the outside watching you act. But I thought he was That's good. That's why it made me laugh. But I just mean, so- I immediately laughed as soon as he started crying. I was like, this is entertainment. <laughs> but it was good because you're not, he's not supposed to seem too genuine. So he's over, he's doing it over he the top. Did. It was very over the top. <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> very over the top. I was like, man, top. I mean, I hope we see you in other things. I think. Well, I mean, they went for it with this. It wasn't mm-hmm. there something else in the works he didn't get pulled from. Yeah, this a lot of stuff doing. he got pulled from. That he didn't get pulled from. Mm, I don't know the ones he didn't get pulled from. I thought they let him back in and some stuff. I don't it know. was like, it's okay. You business. can eat people and join us. It's fine. I think that's okay and acceptable. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> well, that's it. What are we reading next week, Kari? Oh, really? Wait a second. Loose lifts and death on ships. I did want to talk about the most beautiful shot compositions ever in this movie, but I guess we touched on it, right? Yeah, were you supposed to bring them out there? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> next week, <laughs> we are reading... Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. Mm -hmm. This is a book I've read twice. Well, listen to twice. I'm reading it this week, the pages of it. And I I know it's new, but I would like to spoil it. So I'm debating about that. Listen, um, I've been thinking about the spoil thing. And if you might not insert it now, what if we just pause and allow those to leave the room and spoil it. <laughs> yeah, if, if maybe we'll put in the show notes, um, spoilers at this mark and this time mark. Yeah. And you can just skip that if you want. Yeah. Because I that think way this we won't book, get hate mail. <laughs> we'll still get hate mail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I missed the time that you said it would be in there and now it's spoiled. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, great plan. That's what we'll do because I want to talk about the ending. It's just as important as the beginning of this book to me. Have you read it yet? No. Okay. You've been very busy. One of these episodes, we're going to talk about your life because this is very exciting lately. (laughs) Let's find a book that we can associate it to and then we can talk about it like that. Okay, sounds good. Well, great. Thanks for listening to Let Society. We look forward to meeting up with you all next week, Thursday. Let Society is brought to you by Alexis Honoria and... Kari Herrera. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for our show on Apple Podcast, along with a comment about why you absolutely love us, because we love you too. We love you. And don't forget you can still rate us on Spotify. Yeah, y'all go rate us. We haven't had ratings in like a couple months. So please rate us on Apple Podcasts on Spotify, please. Especially if you're new out there. If you've enjoyed what you just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes. This month's book list, and we'll get that one out to you. And to sign out for our amazing email newsletter. And until next time, readers, read something. Read something.